70% plus of Americans have thought about writing a book or believe they have a book in them or that writing a book would be a good idea. Wow, that's and a lot. Less than, less than 1% ever do. This is Chris Reynolds and welcome to the Entrepreneur House podcast. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for six and seven figure entrepreneurs creating events and retreats all over the world. Picture yourself spending four weeks with other high level entrepreneurs in the northern mountains of Thailand, October 26th to November 24th, 2017. It will be full of masterminds, workshops, advisors, like-minded entrepreneurs, and of course, some fun adventure. Currently, we are offering a special early bird discount of $400 for only 10 people. Once they're filled, they're gone. Don't wait on this one, guys. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with other successful entrepreneurs, be sure to contact us ASAP at theentrepreneurhouse.com. And now, on to today's episode. Many entrepreneurs think about writing a book. Many end up writing one, two, three, or multiple books. After thousands of hours of practical experience building business, they use their books to teach others. Some use it as a marketing channel, some have inspirational stories to tell, and some use it for all those reasons. Today on the podcast, we have the founder of Lifestyle Entrepreneurs Press, Jesse Krieger, on the show. Jesse specializes in making entrepreneurs authors and authors entrepreneurs. To date, Lifestyle Entrepreneurs Press has published over 28 personal development, entrepreneurial books, and a few fiction and spirituality-focused books as well. In the beginning half of the show, Jesse and I will dive into his experience playing music on the streets of Europe and how it led him to launch a record label. We also discuss the importance of entrepreneurs expressing their creativity and the process of becoming a published author. Towards the end of the show, Jesse shares how he keeps the author's momentum going after the book launch and some hacks to get on bestseller list. It's a great episode if you're thinking about writing a book, I highly recommend checking it out. Without further ado, let's welcome Jesse to the show. Welcome, Jesse, to the podcast. How are you today? Good, Chris. I'm excited to be here. Thanks. Hey, I'm excited to have you on the show. And Jesse's the founder of Lifestyle Entrepreneur Press. And I know you have a lot to share with the listeners about what you have going on with Lifestyle Entrepreneur Press. But first, Jesse, we want to jump into getting to know you. If you want to give us your story and how you became the entrepreneur that you are today, that would be amazing. So I'm going to give you the mic and let you run free with it. Sure. Well, I will try and do my background justice without uh, taking up all the time we have because it's been an interesting run. Uh, You know... I've never, I'm a guy who never really started down a traditional career path. I've never actually had a normal job. Um, I knew from a very young age that I had a passion for music. And I played uh, electric guitar in rock bands and throughout high school. That was much more of an interest than academics. So, uh, you know, afterwards, I moved to L.A., uh, went to a one-year music school, Los Angeles Music Academy, and just really followed this passion for music where it led, which ended up taking me over to Europe. And uh, I spent a year living in Vienna, Austria, playing guitar on the streets and in bars and clubs with another American. Ended up being able to moonlight in recording studios from like midnight till 6 a.m. and got interested in the other side of the glass, how music is produced and made. And that led me ultimately to Nashville, Tennessee, where I uh, went to an audio engineering school and met who became my uh, my bandmate and first business partner, a guy named Jake Harsh. And we started producing artists. Uh, we had a house on Music Row and 
it was just music, 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 right? I'd, mm-hmm. And, you know, we had a rock band called Harsh Krieger and ultimately formed our own record label and raised some money to have creative control over our, um, over our career. And that was actually my first business. So all that is to say, I got into entrepreneurship through the, uh, the strong pursuit of my passion, which at the time was music. So if you fast forward a few years, we, um, we produced our album and had a distribution deal with a subsidiary of Sony and ultimately got to tour the U.S. twice, uh, played shows in 10 plus states and really, in a way, fulfilled this childhood dream to make music a career. Now, even in the midst of all of that, doing music stuff 12 plus hours a day, I could never see myself doing it when I was 40. And that sort of hung over me like a question mark. I said, well, if this isn't it, the only thing I've ever really cared about, what is it? And ultimately decided to um, to shift gears and wind down everything with the band and the label and ended up going into uh, doing some consulting for other people in the music industry. That quickly segued into working with people and companies in a variety of industries. And my sort of interests exploded from being focused into music to being interested in every aspect of, of different businesses. And throughout my 20s, uh, I founded or co-founded uh, four or five different companies, one in renewable energy, one in uh, online marketing and search engine optimization, one in promotional products with the sort of four-hour workweek style model um, selling flash drives. And as I was getting close to turning 30, <clears throat> a lot of people would ask me, you know, how do you, what do you do? And like, how do you do this and have this lifestyle? Uh, I spend many years of my adult life living in Europe and Asia and other places. And so I tried to answer that by writing what became my book, Lifestyle Entrepreneur. And uh, that brings us up closer to the present in the sense that, you know, that book was initially published in Southeast Asia and uh, subsequently had a second publisher in the U.S., Morgan James Publishing, and through that experience of working with two different publishers as an author, you know, something piqued my interest saying, you know, there's got to be a better way to do publishing. And, you know, if that's what I think, maybe I should be the one to do it. And that's sort of how I got into my current and what I believe to be final career um, <laughs> as a book publisher. That's similar to your music career, right? You want to control over your music, so you created a record label and you want to control over your writing so you created a publishing company yeah that's sort of why i start with the music and uh because i do see that as an analog um in this case you know my passion is for ideas and i love working with authors which are highly creative and uh passionate people and have some real value to bring to the equation both being an author and now you know, working with dozens of authors uh, to create and launch uh, books of, of a high quality, mostly in the nonfiction uh, genre, but we're expanding into fiction too, which I'm coming to realize is a huge, um, I mean, there's a much bigger global readership for fiction than there is for personal development, as it turns out. <laughs> um, you know, I've been thinking about this lately, and I, I like how you, and many entrepreneurs do this, they take control of their expressing their own creativity 
by creating a business that either gives them freedom or they're using their creativity through that business to express their creativity. And so I like how you kind of took control because you wanted the freedom to express your music. So you created something that would allow you to do that. And then you wanted the freedom to express your your writing. And so you created something to give you the freedom to do that. And I sometimes think that like all humanity is just existing and trying the best they can to figure out how they can express their own creativity. And sometimes we have to fight each other just to figure out how we can do this in different ways. That's the struggle that not only all entrepreneurs are facing, but all people really when it comes down to it. Well, I would agree with you, Chris. And I would say my, my take on that is, that I think at the root of most personal dissatisfaction is a lack of creative expression mm-hmm. or a gap or an incongruity between what they currently do um, for profession or even personally and uh, what they want to be doing or feel called to do or inspired to do. So if there was a common thread between being a rock guitarist to an online marketer to a renewable energy credits broker to a promotional products company owner to an author to a publisher it's that i've tried to narrow and and eliminate the gap between what's captured my interest and what i feel uh, compelled to do or intrigued to do and what i'm actually doing Um, and i tried to express that you know comprehensively in my book but i think that sums it up kind of neatly um in what would otherwise may maybe look like a bunch of unrelated pursuits and, you know, zigzagging around through uh, a, a winding career path. <laughs> Desi, I want to ask you something before we jump into talking about your your business and what it is today. I find it interesting that you, you spent a year playing on the streets and in, I guess, bars or places in Vienna and just earning money and and playing music and doing what you love. I'm inspired by that because, first off, most people wouldn't just get their instruments and go play on the streets. We actually had somebody that stayed at the entrepreneur house, and occasionally, like, he, he was successful and he made plenty of money, but occasionally he would just grab his violin and go play on the streets of Barcelona because he loved it. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> so I'm wondering... What you learned from that experience, it kind of transitions over into being an entrepreneur today. It's a great question. Um, you know, there's something raw and real about being in a public space in an uncontrolled environment and doing something that, you know, has passion and personal significance. So, you know, if, uh, playing music on a street in the you know, city center of a, of a European capital Um, you're surrounded by people and sure, the majority of them don't care and may just walk by, but from time to time you get a group around and you interact with strangers who you never really know their name and some of them give you money. There's something kind of fun about that. Um, that also is, you know, stepping outside of a comfort zone. Um, and it's also just, uh, you know, creative expression, but in a public place, right? Mm-hmm. I could play guitar in a, in a basement uh, by myself, and there's some satisfaction to that. Or if you play the same thing on a street with an amplifier, then, uh, then maybe more people get to share in that experience. Uh, 
but uh, you know, if there's a, a correlation to you know what I'm doing now or or in other t- places, I think just maybe the courageousness to uh, to put oneself out there, to put myself out there in a way where you know maybe things don't always go well. I've been cops have told us to move somewhere <laughs> else and. Then we'd like go three blocks away and the same cop sees you again and then you've got an issue. So it's like, yeah, I'm not just saying this is all glorious and, uh, and carefree, but you get to deal with society uh, in a way that doesn't exist in a, in a contained, controlled environment. And that's always something that sort of appealed to me. Yeah, and it's really, there's something that's so organic about it because at the heart of entrepreneurship, that's kind of where, that's all it is. It's going out and doing something, providing a service or having a product and offering it to people to see if they'll give you money for it. And we had another guy on the episode and he wants to teach his kids about entrepreneurship and he lives on the beach in Florida. And he said, here's some water bottles, go on the beach and sell, sell water bottles, yeah. you know? And a lot of people would think, oh, that's, that's not a business. Yeah, that's where it all starts, you know. A and business is something where you earn money. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's, a business is. That is. It's not a storefront. It's not It's not an LLC or a corporation. It, it starts you having a thing that you go sell to people, and it brings you money. And um, so I like that. That's really cool. Can I say one more thing? Please. And you got me thinking about this. It's not something I normally talk about, but it seems relevant here, <laughs> that uh, one of the other appealing parts of of playing on the street, for example, is instant feedback cycle, right? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes uh, as entrepreneurs, you can, or especially as authors, you can go into your proverbial cave and write and create in isolation. And then the big unveiling happens and you're going to share your creation with the world. If you're playing guitar in the street, people are either nodding their heads and smiling <laughs> or they're saying, hey, can you play this song? Or they're, you know, you'll get real time feedback in an environment like that. And, uh, and there's something valuable about that, I believe, that can carry over to other strains of entrepreneurship. Are you enjoying today's episode? I hope so. We're working hard to pick the minds of higher level entrepreneurs to bring you some applicable tactics for your business. October 26th through November 24th, we will have our most impactful event ever. Four weeks in the northern mountains of Thailand with other successful entrepreneurs that have six and seven figures in annual revenue in their businesses. The experience includes private accommodations, workshops, masterminds, advisors, high-speed Wi-Fi at a beautiful resort complex. And for our listeners, we have a special $400 early bird discount for only 10 people. Once they're filled, they're gone. So if you're ready to seriously take your business to the next level, contact us at theentrepreneurhouse.com. And now back to the show. Uh, And it's incredibly valuable because you're getting, you're getting so much feedback and you're uncomfortable consistently. And that's the way to growth being in that uncomfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's what a lot of people work towards thinking that's the ultimate goal of just comfort and not having to worry about things. But then when you get there, it's just kind of like, is this really life or do I want to challenge myself again? I know that that's, that's the truth. Uh, I believe entrepreneurship could be defined as being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Spot on. Cause that's that, that means you're on a growth curve. You're on a, an expansive trajectory yeah. if you're continually pushing your own comfort zone, yeah. whatever that means to you. 
So Jesse, tell us about Lifestyle Entrepreneurs Press. I was checking out your website, and it looks really cool what you have going on. Jasper Rivers, who was just on the podcast, has done some work with you and knows you personally. So I'm excited to hear about it. Yeah, I mean, Jasper, of course, put us in touch, Chris, and uh, he was the first author that I published. I actually wrote about him in my book um, because you know I've known him for years and years, and one day we were having a conversation and I realized this guy is like traveling 10 months out of the year. I was like, what are you, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> and uh, he said that he had sort of cracked the code on some things with Airbnb and uh, was renting out his place in Amsterdam. And of course, if you're renting out your place, you can't be there. So he was traveling in uh, cheaper to live countries and uh, doing that, you know, nine, 10 months out of the year which translated into he's on a beach in the Thailand and then he's in Singapore the next day and South America the next month. And I was like, that's really fascinating. Um, and, uh, and he ultimately, we decided to collaborate on doing a book uh, with his co-author, Huzefa Kapadia. And uh, now it's really become the, the top resource for Airbnb hosts out there, uh, along with his podcast and his other brands. So you know, we had some initial success uh, publishing his book, and I'm glad we did because otherwise I might have gotten interested in something else and just uh, never really put a, a root down in publishing. But it, um, it it was a first proof of concept that you know working with entrepreneurial people that have enough domain expertise and experience to create a book that can be you know a value to uh, to readers. Is uh, is something that's become you know my my full time career and passion, so you know it's a, a model of the approach that we take with any author of looking at how does this book support and help build your business and brand, and when I say business, I mean you know book sales, even consistent book sales, isn't going to generate a ton of money, but it will position you to offer higher end services, products, and experiences. Um, and in that case, you stand to make much more by having a, a integrated suite of offerings and brand is, you know, now Jasper, like myself have been on dozens and dozens of podcasts and media outlets mm -hmm. and, uh, and a book is a great entry point to get booked on media and, um, to have opportunities to share about what you're up to. So that's sort of indicative of our approach at Lifestyle Entrepreneurs Press. And, you know, we've published upwards of 20 personal development, entrepreneurship focused books, healthy lifestyles, now branching out into some fiction and, um, and some spiritual titles as well, as it turns out. Um, we just recently uh, finalized a national distribution deal. So whereas for the first Three years in business, we're really focusing on online launches and creating Amazon bestsellers and now shifting gears to have our books be available in stores and wherever books are sold and setting our sites higher to the newspaper charts, USA Today, Wall Street Journal, and the holy grail, New York Times oh. bestsellers. So if we do a follow-up in a year or a year and a half, then uh, hopefully I can report back that we've uh, charted some books on the on the big chart. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Jesse, I, I'd like to take the listeners through your 
process of getting them published. And I know you work specifically with entrepreneurs that want to be authors and authors that want to be entrepreneurs. And I know dozens of entrepreneurs that want to publish a book. So I'm curious if you could take us from contact to publish what you guys walk through with the wannabe author. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I think there's there's two starting points. Um, one is, uh, I'll start with the one where, you know, somebody has written a book and has a manuscript or a nearly completed manuscript <clears throat> and is beginning to look at their options for publishing. And in that case, uh, every week I talk to many authors that fall into this category and uh, discuss what the author-publisher relationship looks like and what we provide <clears throat> to authors like them. And what that is, uh, you know, that journey begins with uh, comprehensive developmental editing. We've got a great editorial team that uh, does a full review and gives feedback and editing and content suggestions. That becomes an iterative process until the manuscript is complete. Uh, then we do book cover design um, and interior layout and formatting. These three things result in a finished book as a product, as opposed to uh, words on a page. And you know, then the next phase is really scheduling the launch date and planning the pre-launch um, marketing. So, in that sense, it's sort of choosing one or two channels. Um, through which you want to communicate that best leverages your personality. For someone like me, I chose podcasts and virtual summits. And, you know, I, I enjoy this format uh, of media. For other people that maybe are more introverted or really like writing, you can go through blogging and guest articles. Or if you're highly visual or have a, you know, content that lends itself to imagery, then you can do things, you know, that are more visually focused and then you have video as another avenue. So anyways, picking a, a channel or two and then really getting clear on who are the, who are the um, hosts, who are the, the gatekeepers on the shows and the, the outlets in your genre, in your industry, and sort of campaigning to get in front of a bunch of new audiences leading up to and through the book launch. Um, there's other things that we do in the interest of time, I'll sort of keep it a little short, but, you know, building up um, a core nucleus of readership that will <clears throat> read and review the copy, uh, read and review your book right around the launch date so that when the book launch does happen, it's not a ghost town <laughs> on your book sales page and you got some reviews and some action. And, uh, and then, you know, the, the third phase is after the book is launched, um, that both marks a completion of a, of a big goal that many people have to write and release a book. But it also marks the beginning of that book's life in the marketplace. Right. So, you know, so many authors, and it's understandable, look at launch day as their the goal, the end, the, the finish line. And in some senses, it is, you know, it's worth celebrating getting to that point. But the useful life of a book is measured in years. Right. So, you know, we were talking about Jasper. His book came out in late 2014. Well, here we are in the middle of almost middle of 2017. That book is still selling, still helping him, still helping readers and uh, still relevant years later. We did one round of updates to 
to bring it all current with the developments on in Airbnb and so forth. But, you know, a book is something that has long-term utility. So, you know, we help uh, as well with, you know, planning how does your book um, continue on and, and continue to sell and serve both you as the author and readers um, for the long run. That's the first, the primary way that we work with authors. I call that our done for you publishing and book launch uh, package. And the expansion on that is really going back to the idea stage. So if somebody's got an idea, knows that they want to write a book, um, has the expertise to, to create a good book, but feels stuck or blocked from actually creating the book, um, I work personally with a handful of authors at a time to co-create the book content itself. And uh, that I find is very enjoyable. It sort of works through facilitated conversations and interviews that we record, transcribe, get edited, put into a structure and uh, you know, actually create the content itself and then plug that into the whole first process I just described. I want to ask you about the process of, you mentioned that the authors, when they release their book, a lot of times that's the finish of part of the goal for them. And then the book is just born into the world and there's still a lot more work to do. And I've seen authors do this where they get excited and they're emotional about this launch and it gets launched and then there's not crickets, but it just doesn't have the, the launch that they expected because in their mind they put so much time and energy and, and the world hasn't accepted their book yet. So those first couple weeks after the launch, maybe in the first month or so, what are some of the processes that you take the authors through during that time? One, to keep them kind of going to promote the book, but also to get more sales for the book and get the words out there. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, by the time you get to your launch day, you've got a lot of momentum because you've been involved in this process now for months, um, both in creating, finalizing, and then pre-launching the book. And so, you know, the, the, one of the best things I think an entrepreneur and an author can have is momentum. And, uh, and you don't want to just, you know, sit, sit back and put your hands behind your head and rest in the week and the month after your book is released because you've got momentum and you've got mind share. So that's a great time to share the success story and, uh, and leverage that into getting booked on more media, um, leveraging that into enrolling clients. If you're doing coaching or if you have a training program or a live event of some sort. And I think it's one of the best, uh, times with, you know, rich with opportunity to leverage the book while it's still new and fresh and out there and ideally on the charts to, uh, to spiral that into more opportunities. So, you know, that, that takes the specifics of that takes shape based on the book and what it's about, you know, the genre and the, and what the author is doing, uh, in addition to having the book, but, you know, there's a strategic conversation going on uh, up to and through the book launch that focuses on that next month and that the next sort of six weeks after the book launch to uh, to leverage it into you know so getting more secure footing in your industry and your space now as ideally a best-selling author 
And uh, yeah, so that, that's part of our approach on that front. Jesse, do you have any hacks that you can share with us to get on Amazon bestseller list? So, you know, depending on who you ask, some people say, oh, it's easy to create an Amazon bestseller. All right, well, maybe it is. But uh, to do it consistently time after time with a high quality book is not something that I see a lot of people out there doing. And, you know, to become a bestseller on Amazon in terms of hacks and so forth, first I'll say the, uh, the core strategy of becoming a bestseller is concentrating interest and purchasing activity into a finite window of time, right? So if you're building up four, six weeks out before the launch, saying launch date's coming up, uh, you know, you're my core audience, please support me on this day. If you've got promotional partners that are going to mail out and uh, promote your book during the launch week, if you've got media like, you know, what we're doing now that will be released um, around that launch window, all of these things play into concentrating attention and purchasing behavior on the launch day and the launch week. So in terms of the hack, that's the core strategy. Now, the, the tips and the tricks and the hacks, you know, you can get really scientific if you want with picking the categories that you choose for your book. On Amazon, you can be in two categories, which each category can contain, you know, up to two or three subcategories. So, um, like, for I mean, we'll just use Jasper's book since we've been talking about him here. You know, we chose uh, one category is like business and money, and then subcategory was real estate uh, investment, and then maybe there was a third subcategory. The other was in the travel uh, category, and then the subcategory was like bed and breakfast. And so now we've got the potential to rank on a few different charts, and, uh, and you can look at the bestseller charts in those subcategories and see on the Amazon rank, which you can see on any book page in the book description section, um, then you can go look at uh, like Kindle calculator um, that my friend Dave Chesson developed. You can just do a search for Kindle calculator or Kindle rank calculator and see approximately how many books per day uh, an author is selling based on their Amazon bestseller rank. So if you're researching categories and you find a, a category that represents your book and your topic, but that also isn't super competitive, like, you know, um, you don't need to sell a thousand books in a day to get in the top 10, let's say, then you can pick one category that hopefully ensures you get um, a top ranking for that book and another that's maybe a more competitive category that's your stretch goal to really hit that one. So choosing the categories and the keywords that you want to be ranked for is an important part of trying to ensure that you become a best-selling author on your launch. And, you know, in addition to that, if you want uh, backup ammunition, I'd say run some Facebook ads, run some Amazon uh, AMS ads. Amazon has their own ads platform. And uh, don't be afraid to spend money on your launch on paid traffic in addition to all the you know, other things that, uh, that I just described. Excellent, my friend. Thank you so much. Any other final tidbits of wisdom about publishing books, Jesse, that you'd like to share with the listeners before we sign off? Well, one thing I'll say, uh, Chris, is that you know, depending on who you ask, 70% plus of Americans have thought about writing a book or believe they have a book in them or that 
writing a book would be a good idea. Wow, that's and a lot. less than less than one percent ever do. So what's with that gap? Um, there's a lot of reasons why people don't write a book. They ask, who am I to put myself out there as an expert? Who am I to take a stand or a position on a topic? Questions that speak to uh, self-worth. But uh, others are perceived obstacle. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to market. I don't know how to write. So, you know, on the self-worth side, if you're thinking about it for more than a passing thought, then you're probably meant to do it. And that's all the permission that you're going to need. There's no other way to say it without just running your, your mouth other than if you're thinking about doing it for a long time, then you're meant to do it and you should start. Because when you start, then you start to build momentum. Mm-hmm. On the other side of, I don't know how to do this or that, make those into your to-do list. You don't know how to do book marketing? Go to Google and search how to sell more books. <laughs> you know, there's pages and pages of results of uh, detailed information that speaks to that exact question. So I think uh, that would be a word of encouragement, hopefully. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, let me just give you a glimpse from the other side. Sure, it's a lot of work, it's a lot of effort, but uh, my book, Lifestyle Entrepreneur, originally came out in 2012, and now four or five years later, I'm still getting emails and messages from people from places I've never been saying, you know, that they really got value from reading the book. Even this morning, Chris, I got a, a multi-paragraph letter from a couple in Brazil saying that we'd love to translate your book to be released in Portuguese because people in Brazil need to know about this information. So yeah, you get these opportunities, this validation, this feedback that you can never foresee at the initial stage of your author journey. And I just want to tell you that it's worth it. And it's, uh, it's, it's one of the most um, enjoyable parts of, you know, what I do. And the fact that I did put in the time to write a book is knowing that it's made an impact on people's lives in far flung places around the world. I love it. Jesse, if the listeners want to reach out to learn more about you and what you guys have going on, what's the best way they can do that? Sure. You are welcome to visit lifestyleentrepreneurspress.com. My personal site is jessekrieger.com, K-R-I-E-G-E-R. Depending on when this is out, I'm running a big online summit called bestsellersummitonline.com. And uh, you get a whole lot of author tips and strategies and a lot of valuable information if you pop over there and take part in uh, what we're putting together on that front. Always find me. Let me know. Uh, Facebook or whatever is best for you. Uh, I'd love to hear what everybody listening to this thought of this interview. And thanks, Chris, for having me on. Thanks for joining us, Jesse. I want to give you um, so much appreciation for sharing your tips and your tricks and all your wisdom with us. Again, thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. And listeners, we're going to sign off there today. Thank you guys for joining us once again. And we'll see you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody.
The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for six and seven figure entrepreneurs. Imagine spending an extended period of time with other successful entrepreneurs working together and growing your business. Day to day, you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality around business. Goals are set, business grows, new partnerships develop, greater profit margins are achieved, the productivity skyrockets for attendees, and you get to have an incredible adventure while doing it. This year, our main event will be held in Chiang Mai, Thailand. It is four weeks from October 26th to November 24th and held for six and seven figure entrepreneurs only. It will be full of workshops, masterminds, advisors, co-working, and fun weekend social events. Be sure to check out the details at theentrepreneurhouse.com as soon as possible. This event will fill up fast. For those of you that are interested and have some questions, be sure to contact us through theentrepreneurhouse.com forward slash contact. We will respond as soon as possible. For now, saludos from somewhere in the world.